0: everybody. This is Barrett Gruber with the All About Nothing podcast. want to thank you very much for listening. This is awesome that you're here. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there that you could potentially be listening to, but you're here. I don't know why, but you're here. Thank you. If you could, please go ahead and subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. As well, if you could give us one of those five-star ratings, if it's available, or a thumbs up, or whatever it is that your software allows. We use that information. It drives us up in the ratings, so that people will find us under a search a little quicker. That would be great. Thank you. Also want to say this episode is with Trevor Lane of the Man Tools podcast out of Colorado Springs. And it is important to note that he and I have different opinions on different things, as well as we also express ourselves in different ways. There may be some information here that you hear that is potentially different from how you feel or how I feel. And it's important to note that there are lots of opinions across this country, across this world, and we have to recognize that. But the only way to somehow come together is we have to figure out how to talk about it and come to a compromise because ultimately one group isn't going to be able to have say over the other. When we can do that, that's when we will be able to find the ability to come up with solutions for all of these things that we currently are debating over. So with that said, go ahead and get the show started. This episode of the All About Nothing podcast is brought to you by GOT Sound Studio. You can find details by visiting gotsoundstudio.com or calling 803-243-2302. You can also find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit the theallaboutnothing.com.
1: Recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina, this is the All About Nothing Podcast. The views expressed on this program are the opinions of the host. Some content and subject matter may not be appropriate. Listener discretion is advised. Listeners are encouraged to follow the show at theallaboutnothing.com for links to social media and more. Listeners can call the show at 803-672-0533. Thank you for listening. All right.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the All About Nothing podcast. This is episode 115. And my guest this week is Trevor Lane, half of the duo from the Man Tool podcast and live stream available across the podcast spectrum, as well as live streaming. The Man Tools podcast is a weekly men's issue program that tackles a comedic approach to news, sports, history, and everything else that comes up. Along with Eric Madrid, uh, the two of them have been passionate about developing boys into good men since 1994, when they first met as counselors at a Boy Scout camp in Colorado. So that's 25 years of evolution to bring you what the Man Tools podcast and live stream is. Welcome very much, Trevor, to the All About Nothing podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, this is exciting because uh, uh, just uh, in the last couple of weeks, we actually did a podcast with someone that was from Massachusetts, a state where marijuana is legal and now another state where marijuana is legal and south carolina is still, yeah. still falling behind well well behind yeah yeah so uh listen this is this is uh great though i actually have family that lives in uh, aspen they live oh, okay adjacent to aspen let's just, i'll just say they live adjacent to aspen so um being in boy Scouts, I was gonna say that's a that's a high-end town it, yeah like i said adjacent <laughs> to Aspen. I don't, I don't, I'm not even quite certain that their address is Aspen, but that, Mm. you know, um, so the reason that Trevor's here today is because in his work experience, Trevor has worked in a pawn shop that sold firearms. And, uh, I know lately that that's a subject that has come up more and more, especially after, uh, the Vivaldi school shooting. Um, and, and there's always this discussion about how, uh, the best approach to potentially coming up with some sort of laws or rules and and whatnot, uh, when it comes to gun responsibility. And I think that, uh, part of that comes down to is the responsibility of the sale of firearms and your experience having worked in a pawn shop, you all sold firearms, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. That was a bulk of our sales were firearms and jewelry. So yeah. In Colorado, what is so in in, like i can i can tell you so in south carolina uh in order to purchase a firearm you have to have either a concealed weapons permit uh or be subjected to the uh it's the nics background check whether it's the instant background check or it's the uh the 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 e-check um and uh there are rumors that from time to time if here in South Carolina, if the gun dealer cannot get a hold of anyone to do the background check, that after two phone calls or two busy signals, uh, that they're allowed to just go ahead and sell the firearm. That is a rumor. I, I don't. I don't have any evidence to back that up. No one in South Carolina wanted to talk about it. After all, our <laughs> after all, our, our attorney general here in South Carolina literally owns gun stores here in South Carolina. So I, I feel like it would probably be. Uh, it would. It would go against his. Uh, is better judgment to to talk to us, um, but in, in in Colorado, in your in your experience, is that something that you uh, that you had? Was there ever a time when you attempted to make phone calls or or do an e check where it just wasn't available?
2: Um, not that I can recall, but I, I from what I remember of my training, I'm pretty sure that that violates federal law. Um, that that the the requirement is to do the background check. Yeah. <laughs> like, if okay. it can't be done, the gun can't be sold. That's what I, I recall from all of my training. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anyone ever, you know, uh, and to be honest, back then, it seemed like the system was less bogged down than it seems to be now. Sure. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. They've made some changes. And um, yeah, so, so it seemed like back then they came back a lot quicker. Um, the last time I bought a gun, I couldn't pick it up until the day after. That's how long it took to get the background check back.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But that wasn't because of a mandatory waiting period. That was because it. No. It, okay. Is there a the waiting period? Not in Colorado. Not in Colorado.
2: So, no. And, and there is no. There. Is, so there is no federal waiting period. Right. Um,
0: and then, you know, states
2: do what states do, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Until they're challenged in oh, court.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, and in fact, in, in South Carolina. So we do have rules as far as. Who can purchase firearms? Obviously, you have to pass this background check or already have a concealed weapons permit. Um, but like firearms in South Carolina, you, you can't own machine guns, obviously. You can't right. own yep. sawed-off shotguns or sawed-off rifles. Um, in South Carolina, you cannot own military rifles or firearms. Uh, but the line is drawn sort of thinly on that one because uh, you can own AR-15s, which are a... Which, which if, if someone is building them at home then there's no there's no check on that if they if they go and they build their own a r fifteen uh out of the pieces that they order off the internet and build it into what potentially could be military and 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 that's the other thing is that military style doesn't necessarily mean that it's a it's a rifle that fires off three rounds every time you pull the trigger it's it's because of the attachments and 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 whatnot that make it a military style is that correct
2: well I would point out because I've gotten into this argument, especially lately. Um, and I've asked people name me a country that issues the AR 15 to their soldiers. There is is none. So the idea of calling an AR 15, a military or weapon of war, uh, I've heard that thrown around a lot is kind of a misnomer. It looks scary. Um, but it's actually no different. A, a good comparison is if you were to Google right now, uh, the mini 14, a very common rifle, it comes in two cosmetic packages. One, is uh the fixtures are all wood and uh, i believe they call that the ranch model Uh, a lot of like cattle ranchers really like it it's good for shooting coyotes it's very similar to an ar-15 as far as how it functions it's in the 223 caliber or 5.56 millimeter um it has a detachable magazine um but once you get the one where it's black plastic people lose their minds they're like and it just looks different it doesn't
0: function any differently um, it just looks scarier to people that aren't familiar with, you know, how the gun operates. And as long as it's not been manipulated, I assume that it's a one pull, one shot, a one trigger. Right.
2: And that, and that's the, uh, you know, the thing that, that the concern, I guess, for people building at home is, yeah, there's no, if, if you're building it at home, there's no, to be honest, once you buy it, there's nothing stopping you from modifying it so that it could be fully automatic. Right. Um, I don't know how hard that is. I haven't even Googled it. But my understanding is it's not terribly hard. You remove a couple parts or switch a couple parts out, and then, bam! It's it's a of
0: what the ATF calls a machine gun. Gotcha. Yeah, that's a and that's and 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 that is something I don't I don't like. My my listeners are typically going to be more on the liberal side, and they're probably going to be the the type that would probably lean more towards this idea that if it's military esque, then it probably doesn't need to be in the hands of a civilian. And and while I. While I agree that the, that the civilians don't need military weapons or military style weapons, I, I, I believe, like you mentioned, the idea that if you are having to defend in, and in Colorado this is this is you're, you're out west, there there's a tendency that there are people out there that own uh, land that that could potentially uh, cattle or, or or whatever it is that they're raising could potentially come under the harm of, of some prey. Or some animal that just wants to prey on them, and and I can imagine a scenario where having a a firearm uh, that had distance to cover, uh, as well as the potential of at least spraying uh, more rounds into the air to potentially hit something rather than just angering it, um, is is probably necessary.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I in fact I recently watched a video. I don't remember what state it was. I don't think it was Colorado. It might've been New Mexico or something, but it was a rancher and he shot over the course of this night. It's it's like a night vision recording because uh, coyotes are nocturnal. They they right. come out at night. Right. Um, and he had this problem where coyotes kept preying on his, on his cows. So he decided to set up at night and he shot, I think the count, the, the total count was like 30 coyotes that he, he shot over the course of this night. This, this crazy, just large pack of coyotes was just, you know, laying waste to his cattle. If it wasn't for him sitting there with, um, I don't know what kind of gun it was, but, uh, it was definitely, uh, some form of semi-automatic rifle, um, with, uh, I don't know what the magazine capacity was, you know, I couldn't tell exactly when he reloaded, but by the
0: end of the video, he had shot like 30 of these coyotes and they just kept coming. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> it was and, nuts. <laughs> and, and, and to clarify, semi-automatic again, does not necessarily mean that you're firing off multiple rounds with one pull of the trigger. You, that, what right. that means yeah. is that the, the, the previous round is ejected. A new round is automatically made available to then again, yep. pull the trigger. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's, the, the other, the other way is fully automatic. That's, that's where you can just hold the trigger and it sprays bullets until you let go or until it runs out. Almost, almost completely inaccurately. <laughs> I can't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, that's, I think typically <clears throat> after like, after like one, one or two rounds, uh, in a fully automatic situation, the, the gun is not nearly pointed at the same location it was. And, no, and no. I have plenty of friends in the military that would attest to the fact that, that their first round was always more accurate than their 15th. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In fact, that's that's why the military went to the three
2: round burst version of the M16. Right. Um, right. It was a lesson learned from Vietnam because the, the original version you could just spray and as they call it, spray and pray. Um, and they they found that uh, that was not combat as, or at least not as combat effective as restricting it to three rounds um, per per trigger pull. So
0: and that and that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, just uh, if if you've ever operated any sort of any sort of rifle like an M M sixteen or an M four or anything anything like that, uh, that is the the idea that you could potentially control a firearm that's constantly pushing back on you while it's also firing out the the other end and and just having any control. Just it, I cannot imagine a scenario where anyone with any sort of uh, intelligence would would recognize that that's that's a possibility. Um, Yeah.
2: And, and to be honest, the way, the way that those big machine guns are used like the M 60 or even the M 250 caliber machine gun, it's not so much to inflict a bunch of casualties. It's more to, to disrupt the operation of the enemy unit. So you're going to put your head down and stop doing whatever you were doing once those rounds start flying. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily to accurately hit a bunch of people. Um, it, it, the, the kind of other application is to wreck equipment, which it's very good at. You start hitting a truck with that. A truck's a big target.
0: You're probably not going to miss even with a machine gun. Right. Uh, <laughs> and it's not going to roll after you're done with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. According to the cliche, it's hard to hit a, some, some people have a hard time hitting the broad side of a barn. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not moving. Um, so another, another one of the reasons I wanted to speak with someone uh, that had experience selling firearms in, in your experience, uh, did you ever have situations where you had to turn someone away um because of the laws that were in place did you ever have to did did, did individuals fail the background check that, that you oh, yeah. then had to turn away, turn turn yep. away we sure did that happened that happened uh, and, and not terribly
2: regularly yeah but it happened occasionally and a lot of times they get upset and you know well fuck you I'm walking down the street and I'm like they're going to ping the same computer system and get the same result. You need to resolve this with the ATF. You know, maybe you are telling me the truth that this, uh, you know, this is inaccurate, but, uh, until you resolve that with the ATF, there's nothing I can do. If they come back and say no, it's no.
0: Right. Um, that's it. In that, in that situation. Um, and, and, and obviously the people are going to deny that they should be denied, uh, the, in a situation like that. Um, what is it that has has you have you ever gotten sort of an impression of someone that maybe this is an individual that I shouldn't be selling a firearm to not
2: that I can recall okay. no
0: uh-uh
2: that's um yeah most and, and it's interesting because it's a it's a pawn shop right, right. so um <laughs> to be honest the more frequent thing was us taking in stuff where I'm like, I think this might be stolen. Oh, I see. Um, <laughs> sure. So, uh, and and here's the here's the interesting thing with it being a pawn shop. Um, if you pawn a firearm, you have to pass the background check to get it back. Ah. So when you redeem your loan, it's the same as if we were going to sell you a gun. Gotcha. You have to pass that background check to take possession of what was originally your gun back. Um, So, and we, I ran into that a couple of times where somebody didn't pass and they're like, this is bullshit. It's mine. And I'm like, well, (laughs) if you don't, I'm like, if, if you, you know, look, you can pay the interest and extend the loan. So you have some more time to resolve your issues with the ATF. But as long as the ATF says, no, I can't give this to you. So
0: yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's one of those scenarios where my, one of the questions I had was, uh, in a situation where you and 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 obviously this is going to be a hypothetical, but in a situation where you potentially felt like this person is here to buy this gun, it feels like there is something else going on. Um, were there was the, in your training was there anything that that would have assisted you in potentially subverting the sale or or potentially uh, I, I I don't know some somehow maybe potentially. Uh, recognizing some signs that that someone may not be in their right mind and this could potentially turn into a crime.
2: Well, in my case, I worked at a corporate chain. So their thing was, we're here to make money. Ah, If they pass the background check, you make the sale, the end. Um, Now, other shops look, obviously some of this stuff varies state to state. In Colorado, a shop can, not even for guns, for anything, they can refuse service for whatever reason they feel like. So, Um, under the law, they had that discretion, but our training was, uh, this company is here to make money. If they
0: pass the background check, you make the sale. Gotcha. The end. So, so regardless of uh, did, well, okay. So then the follow up to that would be, did you ever feel like there was, there was, uh, enough that you observed that you felt like maybe I shouldn't have made this sale? No, no, I can't remember anything like that. No that's so in in south carolina unfortunately we 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 had the the dylan roof situation where clearly it it sounds as though because the gun was actually purchased not two miles from here the 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 gun that he used to kill the nine um parishioners at the emmanuel church in, in charleston south carolina um he it seems as though based on some of the stories that came out that were unreported um, but just because word of mouth and and you know if if you live within two miles of a place, you know someone that at least knows someone that works there, and right. there was a definite sense that this Dylan Roof had something going on, and that that the likelihood of him pr- making these purchases was not in uh, I I I don't know what to say as far as the word, but uh, he he may have not been in the right mental state, and right. and then the end result is. Within 24 hours, he drives to Charleston, South Carolina, sits in a Bible study class with the nine individuals that he then murders. And um, right, it's so that that's one of those situations where, um, you know, with with the potential of there being gun legislation uh, that um, that 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 is eventually, I I, I don't know if it's going to come or not, but I my hope is is that there is some sort of responsibility put into place not necessarily the responsibility of the the individual selling them selling the firearms because there's already there's already responsibility put into place you, you have to be licensed you have to i assume there's certifications that you have to you have to maintain um but with in south carolina we, we have loopholes here that um that unfortunately uh it has has created a booming black market in in firearms which until I started doing the research, I had no idea um, just how available uh, buying buying a handgun was. Um, and and in South Carolina, our legislature hasn't closed any of the unlicensed sale loopholes either. Because if you go to a if if you happen to get a table at one of the gun shows, um, it sounds like at South Carolina that you could you could actually walk in purchase a firearm from one of those individuals who's not a dealer, but just someone that's bought a table to sell the firearms that they have or buy firearms. Um, but that there's no, there's, there's virtually no check on that. So, well, that's interesting cause I've been,
2: I've been to a number of gun shows here and, um, <clears throat> the way it typically works is you make your sale, you negotiate your sale anyways with uh, the dealer and then they have a computer there, uh, and they do a background check. Like yeah. there is no, like yeah. when I hear about this gun show loophole, I've not seen it. My observation has been they do a background check. You don't get to walk out of that show with your firearms until it happens. So, um, but I, I don't know. I don't it's, know. I can't speak for other states. Sure. I can only speak for what I've seen.
0: Sure. And and again, this is, this is information that that's based on the availability of, of what winds up being. So, you know, the only way to actually enforce that here in south carolina is to literally have someone walking around and monitoring every sale that's made which doesn't happen in a gun show you have individuals that 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 do attempt to 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 do some sort of monitoring but it's you know it's uh south carolina south carolina at times i'd like to think like to think that we'll eventually crawl out of the uh the stone age or the iron age maybe at some point but uh (laughs) we're still here um it's also important to note that the uh, shooter in Evaldi, uh, Salvador Ramos, he purchased both of the AR rifles uh, that were used in the shooting legally in, in yeah. Colorado – I mean in, in Texas, sorry. Um, uh, based now, on if I'm not – I can't remember if it's him or the Buffalo shooter, but one of them, it's come
2: out now that they did lie on the form, but it wasn't caught. Well, so – yeah, they, they they said like no, I've never been treated for mental illness or whatever the question was, and then it turns out that's not correct. Um, so yeah, yeah, they,
0: they they went through the process, but apparently there was a flaw in the process. You know, right? Yeah, <clears> and I and and I'm not sure which one that was. I I I had I had read something about that. Honestly, it was on a it was on a TikTok, and they didn't indicate which one it was, but just the importance of red flag laws uh, that put it could have potentially attached you know, to his social security number as part of his background check. Um, But, you know, if, if, if he had, if, if Ramos, Ramos had made those firearm purchases here in South Carolina, uh, he would have been able to without any issue either. Um, If, if, because we also, the, the, the background check here is the same as in all the other States, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have, I think what it needs to potentially catch individuals that could, that, that could have something wrong, that could have had some sort of bout with mental Ill- illness, um, which which kind of leads me to part of what I also want to discuss with uh, with you as far as not not necessarily from a political standpoint, um, but just you have children. Uh, I have children. Mm-hmm. Um, your children are in public school, I assume. Yeah. Um, my, my children are homeschooled, and one of the reasons that my children are homeschooled wasn't necessarily because of the fear of uh, the the some, a shooter coming into the school. Um, the fear that we had was almost on a daily basis we would get in we would get text messages from the sheriff's department or from sort of law enforcement related to uh, proximity to the school where we were told there was a bomb threat and. I don't, I don't know how often this happens everywhere else, but sometimes it just seems like there's, there's a trend, like they, it trends up. We have, we have all of these indications of a potential bomb threats at schools all over the Midlands here in South Carolina. And then all of a sudden the trend dies down and then the trend goes back up. And I think from our standpoint as parents, we got to the point where it was, this is too much. My wife has a degree in education uh, and, and, and my son is, uh, of an age that he can learn on his own. Um, he's part of a, an online course with the county now, but, um, so that was really, that was really part of the decision-making that we, we brought him home to learn rather than, because bomb threats are disruptive to the school, uh, and, and, and if it's happening on a weekly basis, then, then how does the school control that in, in that situation, and how do they control the learning environment? Um, so one of the things that, I believe is probably something that needs to come out of all of this. And this is my opinion is not necessarily the, the turning schools into a prison uh, and, and you know, with the hardening of the schools, but we have the technology to take and modernize these schools in a way to protect the students by not making the students feel that they're under constant lock and key that there's, you know, there's armed shooters on the roofs in case somebody tries to make a run on the school or, or things like that. Um, we, we we use this type of technology on military bases to protect offices that are important uh, with with doors that seal. Well, I mean, banks banks have automatic doors that close and seal at, at the first touch of a button. So well, it's I, in, interesting you brought that up. From what I, I understand,
2: after Columbine, uh, there was a, I'm pretty sure it's a federal law, uh, or it may be one of those, like if you want Department of Education money, you have to do this thing. Um, but my understanding was, <clears throat> and this is one of the things that got brought up at Parkland was because apparently, and, and even this, this most recent school shooting was they're supposed to have it set up where there's only one door open during the day. And it can only be, it's supposed to only be able to be open from the inside. Right. Um, right. In the case of the Parkland shooting, they apparently took the money that the department of education was doling out and never made the required upgrades. Sure. Uh, in the case of Uvalde, I guess there was a teacher, uh, or, well, I should say a school employee. I don't know if she was a teacher, but somebody propped the door open to like go on a smoke break or something. And that's part of how he was able to gain entry to the school was it was propped open because this person wanted to, to exit the school and not have to deal with ringing the buzzer and getting let back in.
0: Um, well, and, and to be so, honest with you, I no. can absolutely see how that could happen. Cause if someone did go out the door to 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 take a smoke break or something like that, there was a shootout before he even entered the school. I mean, he was he was being chased by police and it's Yeah, because he like, shot his grandma in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's still holding on too, apparently. Uh, yeah. She, I, I I don't know what in state, but you know, she's she's apparently holding on. But yeah, that's 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 one of those things that like I know with the elementary school that my son was in and then the middle school, um the idea was and i this is i can't verify it but the idea was is that you could only come through the front entrance of the school to enter the school whether it was for normal school hours the students came in through the same door uh, or it was just uh, if you were coming in as a visitor and if you came in as a visitor you had to check in but like even even to enter the school you you would come in the far door and then would literally have to walk down a a, a path that was only 15 25 long, But you would have to go then into another door and every one of these doors, if it was if it was glass, it was reinforced glass with uh, with wire so that um, a, a bullet may be able to penetrate it, but it's not going to turn the glass into a bunch of, you know, it's not going to turn the glass right. into a bunch of shrapnel. Um, but and then there were steel doors between I mean, there was there was one, two, three steel doors before you could actually enter into the school past the office. So sure, the opportunity was there that you could potentially turn the 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 office into a murder scene, but at least that was as far as you could potentially go without somebody allowing you allowing you through because it was a system it was a system of 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 buttons that that had to engage that door and disengage. So, it, you know, and and obviously in Valdi that didn't happen here. Um it's I I I guess I I I wind up Coming back to the same thing, though, we we do have technology that we could potentially improve our schools. Uh, if you know, and 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 I say this on my show uh, often enough, but I I think that that we're not at war right now. Technically, um, I don't see any reason why we could not use funding that's being used in the military. One, take care of the veterans, and two, you know, improve the veteran system. Um, but two maybe subvert a, f- a few billion dollars out of that to upgrade and update the security systems for school systems that, that that would be more responsive without human intervention. Like well, you wanna- yeah. And, and I, I would agree. Um,
2: and I think the flip to that though, is there also needs to be, I don't know, maybe kind of, uh, do you remember the blood on the pavement type videos that you'd have to watch in school? I do like drinking and driving. Look, hammer it into this staff. You cannot prop that fucking door open. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care what you're doing. Show them them videos of school shootings. This is what you're opening us up for. And maybe even, you know, I hate to, you know, like, even a, we will hold you personally responsible if it's because the door's open. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You're going to go to jail. Yeah. If,
0: If we have a shooting here and it's because you held the door open you you're, you're going to go to prison just like the shooter. Yeah, in my mind um, there's no reason why a jury cannot find someone guilty of aiding in in a yeah. criminal act Be, even if they didn't knowingly do it. You right. you still yep. aided in it. So I I feel like yeah. there's, there's justification for actually uh uh ha- having some sort of uh repercussions for a situation like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The other the other part of that is that it also leads to is I don't. I one of the things that really gripes me, and I know that the 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 right uh, in politics uses it against the left, and and they use the word control. Gun control is is a term that that <laughs> was shopped around, and it, it got the most reaction out of both the left and the right when it came to this idea of when it comes to gun control. Using the word "control" is a subversive way of saying that you you are going to be controlled uh, under you know regardless of the rights that are afforded to you by the Second Amendment that the word gun control will make you feel like you are being you are having to submit and I would prefer and I know it's not me that's running for office or me out there that's promoting this but I think that the only way to really improve our situation isn't, isn't to call it gun control, but to call it gun responsibility, gun, gun responsibility sales and gun responsibility ownership. Um, and, and you may feel completely different about this, but I think that one of the things that's necessary is if, and I know the argument always is, well, the bill of rights is what gives us the second amendment, which gives us the right to bear arms. And when I say, well, you also have the, the, the responsibility to, uh, have insurance on your vehicle when you drive. You know, if if someone were to institute the idea that you had to submit uh, and maintain insurance on owning the firearms that you did, is that something in Colorado that you think would fly? Um, in our current rather left-leaning
2: um, political climate, I think it would. Uh, what, what I find interesting... Uh, <laughs> A number of years ago, uh, there was legislation passed here for magazine capacity limits. It brought the limit down. I, well, I guess there was no limit. And it brought it down to 10 rounds per magazine. And we had a big recall. I voted for the recall. I wanted to recall them. I didn't think a magazine limit was, uh, you know, I thought it was an idiotic idea because you can just carry more magazines.
0: Right. Uh, but. <laughs>
2: no, I think that's always um, been
0: the argument. Yeah.
2: So, So we did this recall and got new people in there, but they never changed the law. And I'm like, well, what's the fucking point of the recall? If like, I don't even think a bill was proposed to reverse the law. It was like, what the shit. So we got these, you know, we got rid of the quote quote, bad guys and brought in these new people and they, they didn't reverse the law. So, um, yeah, it, it, I would say the political climate here would be conducive to,
0: uh, and I could see it coming, um, tightening up on a lot of stuff. Yeah. All right, Nothingers, I want to cue you in about a friend of the pod, Blank Canvas Brand. If you own a business or restaurant and the time has come to build that unique brand, you have got to get a hold of Blank Canvas Brand. Blank Canvas Brand specializes in brand identity, including logos, business cards, flyers, and anything else to promote your business. And now, Blank Canvas Brand offers printing services to help with your clothing needs, including sports teams. I could tell you from our own experience, Blank Canvas Brand is responsible for our logo, as well as the Bowl of Duty bowling team logo, and we couldn't be happier with what's been produced. For more information, you can search Facebook for Blank Canvas, or you can email Blank Canvas at theallaboutnothing.com. That's B-L-N-K-C-A-N-V-S at theallaboutnothing.com. You can find links in the Friends of the Pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com. Hey everyone, I wanna take a quick moment to mention one of our new sponsors, ThePaintedMoment.com. That's ThePaintedMoment.com, check this out. Have you ever taken a photo with your phone or digital camera that would look amazing as a watercolor canvas painting? Well now, there's a website ready to take your photo and turn it into digital painted moments. This is how it works. Visit ThePaintedMoment.com, follow the instructions, and your digital photo will be enhanced and returned to you with links on where you can have an image printed to canvas or whatever else you'd like to do with it. We've already got a couple of these enhanced photos hanging around the house, and trust me, you'll love what comes out. ThePaintedMoment.com. Create a painted moment in time from your digital photos. ThePaintedMoment.com. Seriously, check them out today. ThePaintedMoment.com. We have to thank our sponsor, G.O.T. Sound Studio and its owner and operator, Dominique Stewart, better known as Neek the Geek. GOT Sound Studios offers a variety of recording experiences from music, voice, and instrumental recordings and production, as well as podcasts. GOT Sound Studio is located in Columbia, South Carolina, and operated by the most talented producer and engineer in the business. GOT Sound Studio is a black-owned business. Bring your recording business needs here. You can find details on their Facebook page or by calling 803 803- Two four three two three zero two, or emailing gotsounds at That's gotsounds at You can find links in the friends of the pod section of our website. Visit theallaboutnothing.com Hello,
2: out there in podcast world, I am the dad who dabs. My name is The Diligent Dabber. I am a cannabis enthusiast, patient, product reviewer, and I also make educational videos on YouTube. I have always promoted individual empowerment when it comes to people's experiences with cannabis. My show is a mixture of cannabis news, dad life, industry insider knowledge, and of course, dabs. Join me as I traverse the intricacies of life, the universe, and everything on The Dad Who Dabs. Find it on Spotify with a bonus video version available on YouTube.
1: This is Shiana, host of Who You Call Unholistic, and you're listening to the All About Nothing podcast.
0: I think one of the things that winds up coming up as an idea as well is, and and I hear it mentioned a little bit more and more even here in South Carolina, is some sort of national private database that has, that keeps a record of uh, serial numbers to owners. And it's not something that would you ever know be publicly uh, uh, available. It's just, you know, like, here's, here's something I find
2: interesting, because they say that they don't have that. But when you do the Form 4473 for the ATF for a background check, it requires you putting that all on there. But then they go, we don't keep a record of it. And I'm like, well, then why is it on the form? Right. That's so a good question. I don't, you know, I, I suspect that they are secretly keeping these records because otherwise why would it go on the form they say well that's for the dealer's records i'm like well the dealer can keep their own fucking records i mean they if they want to keep a record of serial numbers that have been sold by their shop they can do that yeah um but to put it on the form it's like what are you doing with this if you're not keeping the record oh well and that's you know that
0: that's that's a great question (laughs) well because there is there is actually and i can't remember where and i it was on the daily show and this ran a couple years ago it was another it was after another shooting but they ran they ran this on on there and indicated that there was there is a building that is not connected to the internet that is not doesn't doesn't contain modern computer system like like computers that that are capable it's like a mainframe system that they have uh but everything in there is paperwork that that and i think what it does is it comes down to when there's an investigation to uh, into a shooting or something like that, or or someone has been shot, that that the law enforcement will then send a request to this facility to ask for uh, a match on say a round. Uh, the problem is is that 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 matching sometimes takes months and months because the Congress has made the decision that this facility will not have a modern database of in how it, it looks up this information so they've they've handicapped that potential system of just for law enforcement just to match ident you know match identical uh gun rounds that, that were used potentially in a crime um but yeah no you're absolutely right they they do they do take down the serial number and then where does it go from there in your experience in working in, yeah, a, in yeah. a in a pawn shop that sold firearms I assume you all had to submit that paperwork I, I, I assume it didn't yeah. just sit at the store well, um,
2: so I, I was not management and the way our procedure worked was, uh, if someone was buying a gun, <clears throat> I would have them fill out the form and I would look at it and make sure there wasn't like a block not filled in or, you know, um, that sort of thing. And the manager would actually submit it. So I, I don't know if he, and if this is back, like you, you'd have to sit there and type the stuff from the form. He didn't scan it or anything right. like that. Um, so I don't know if once he logged into the NICS system, if he typed in the serial numbers and stuff, but it was like, whenever I hear that they're not keeping that, it's like, well, you, you do have it put down on the form and the gun dealers are required. I forget the number of years, but they're required to keep those forms for a certain number of years gotcha, in case of something where they want to look it up. Um, so yeah, may, maybe it's not going to the ATF until something happens. But at least at the local level, that's definitely being recorded and and held on to for a certain period of time.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest. That's one of those things that seems to come out pretty quickly after a shooting like this is that almost immediately they know where the firearms were purchased from.
2: So, yeah, yeah, So
0: there's potentially something there that's keeping track of it. But in in fact, the company I worked for stopped selling handguns because one of their handguns was used in Columbine. Wow.
1: And that's
2: that's something else I, I have to point out when we talk about banning assault weapons and stuff because of school shootings, Columbine happened during Clinton's assault weapons ban. Right. And it was no less deadly because there weren't assault weapons involved. You know, I, I use that in quotes. It, I don't, I think that's one of those boogeyman type terms that gets thrown around. Um, it's not an assault weapon until you decide to assault somebody with it. You're, <laughs> you know? no, you're exactly <laughs> right.
0: You're exactly right. Um,
2: you know, just, cause it looks scary and it's black doesn't, you know, doesn't make it functionally any more deadly than, you know, another type of gun. But, uh, you know, Columbine, the, the assault weapons ban under Clinton went from 94 to 2004 and then it expired and wasn't re, uh, re-upped or whatever. Right. And Columbine happened in 1997, 98. So it was like right in the middle of that ban. Um, and there were no assault weapons involved in that
0: shooting. Right. So, um, that's and and that's I'm not sure that's something that's probably overlooked when it comes to uh the the statistics and the facts uh that yeah. when when because the assault weapons ban it it did have a positive effect uh, in the sense that there were there were fewer rifles being imported into the United States that were potentially being used that that could have been purchased and 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 sold um but you know it the the argument there is well what about the ones that are already out on the street you know that's the situation with that is, is that in in the situation where those are used as a crime in a crime, uh, where someone is, if if regardless of whether there's a victim, if the if there is if there is a rifle that or a handgun that is used in a crime, um, at least in South Carolina, those weapons are then taken into the custody of the sheriff's department until uh, uh, until some sort of judicial decision has been made on the crime, and then there's differing information on. What is done with those firearms? Fire, uh, firearms after after that situation has been completed, um, right? There is there is information from the South Carolina Department of uh, uh, I can't remember what our department is. It's a, it's D it's a Sled, South Carolina Law Enforcement Division um, that indicates that those firearms are destroyed. Um, there is also in some towns and, and places there's rumors that those firearms are then used uh, not used but they are then sold into they are placed into the market to benefit the uh the money that's coming in to say a share a small city uh, town police office uh you know like a like in south carolina we have towns that some of them only have you know 1200 people i'm sure colorado's the same right. they're small but they they have a police department that enforces and their budget's not huge so in a situation where they could potentially uh, add one of those firearms to their arsenal, or potentially turn around and sell it so that they they can get you know I don't know uh, locks for their doors or replace a vehicle that sort of thing. So there there is yeah. there are there are re- reasons to believe that those potential weapons could make it back out into the public where, where they could be used for another crime, um, and that's, well, I, and I think it I think it also depends on the disposition of the case. Sure, if the
2: defendant is found not guilty. And that I've seen kind of secondhand where this happens, um, and I can explain this scenario <laughs> a little more, but it, it can take – eventually, you're supposed to get your property back if you've been found not guilty of the, the sure. crime that you've been accused of. So, but it can take a long time. I, I know someone who has – he had a power of attorney because the wife just did not want to deal with this. A friend of his committed suicide with a pistol. So that was taken into evidence until they made sure that it wasn't some kind of foul play. They ruled it a suicide and she just didn't, she's like, I don't want it. You take it, you sell it, you do whatever you want with it. Yeah. So uh, he had this power of attorney to, to take possession of this gun after they finished. And he had that power of attorney. The last time I talked to him and I've since lost touch with him, it had been like five years and supposedly this this gun was going to be returned to now the guy with the power of attorney to take possession but it's like okay (laughs) that's
0: ridiculous why there's not an explanation
2: for why other than just bureaucratic bullshit right like
0: (laughs) right yeah no i i I agree And, and in a situation like that it it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and 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 from the aspect of of him receiving that that pistol back you know who is it that uh, he? he's the only one that can continue, can can fight to get it back in, into his own hands, I assume. I mean, it's not like I mean. Yeah. And and he he, he just had the power of attorney because the wife was like, they're going to
2: try to return this at some point. I don't want it. Yeah. Here. Here. Here's a form so that you can take it and do whatever you want with it. Yeah. um, And he honestly was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. He just did it because in kind of in her grief, she was like, well, this is coming back. I don't want it here. You you have it.
0: Yeah. And he, no, no. He's I, like, I'm not sure I want it. <laughs> no. In fact, uh, I I had a I had a friend here uh, in in virtually the same situation that um that a family member actually uh, planned this out to the t, uh and and used a pistol to end his life after several years of fighting cancer and and basically just made the decision that he did not want to be a burden on his family anymore. He didn't want to have any. He didn't want to have anything with them, with dragging them down over the 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 the, the two decades. I think that that was involved. Um, went to and and this is graphic, but went to the uh, went to the trouble of wrapping himself in tarps, putting a phone book wow. on ones uh, on the opposite side of the head, so that that when he did it, it was there was no mess. But the pistol, wow. that, so the pistol that he used, that friend actually came to me and said, you know, they've cleared. They, and she she received the pistol back and then offered me the pistol <laughs> and i you know i i i i do enough uh speculating about ghosts and things like that and how hauntings and whatever so and, and while i'm while i am uh, uh while, while i don't necessarily believe completely sometimes maybe just i'll just leave it leave it off to the side just in case you know but, well better better not to attempt uh, things right yeah yeah you know, even if they don't exist <laughs> yeah exactly um what what else do you think um and and again I just want to remind everybody this we're speaking with Trevor Lane he is one of the co-hosts from the podcast the man tools podcast and I'm sorry I haven't mentioned it more often um no that's okay yeah but um when it comes to uh things that we can do that would Im- that would potentially improve the situation one of the things that i always hear is it doesn't matter what laws you put in there's enough guns out there that you can't fix this problem there's there's nothing you can do um In my opinion, and I'll I'll tell you what I think, and I mentioned the National Gun Registry as a potential, uh, a national private firearms registry. Uh, You could build it on the same infrastructure as you already have the social security system, which is completely private. Um, I also think that bringing about a federal law that at least increases the age of potentially purchasing a firearm to 21 over 18. You can't buy cigarettes without being 21 now. Uh, you can't buy marijuana in 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 uh, states where it's legal unless you're 21. You can't buy alcohol federally unless you're 21. Um, so why? That, that's actually not true.
2: There's not a federal law on alcohol.
0: Is it not? Oh, is it? But is, no. is it a state? You know. State you know law? how that. You know how
2: that worked. How does that work? So the feds. The feds said, uh, "We want we want all states to be 21, and we're going to withhold federal funding for like highways if you don't do it." So all the states, of course, passed 21. Oh. Yeah. It's one of those like where they never did like a
0: federal law that says this. They just went, well, if you want this money, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how that's how my where I went to high. So I grew up in Atlanta, and and my the the school system that I grew up in did not have middle schools. But there was this uh, there was this study that was done that that um, from the, the federal government decided that every school system across the country needed to adopt having middle schools because having seniors in high schools with access to eighth graders you know was was not necessarily a great idea uh so again it was one of the situations where they said well if you don't switch we're going to withhold the federal funding for the right, public yeah. education system sure um so yeah so but okay so not counting my, alcohol. my 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 yeah. my broad opinion on that is
2: let's decide what age we're adults and fucking stick to it sure like because because the flip to that is there's, there are some Democrat politicians that are like, let's lower the voting age to 16. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you remember how you were when you were 16? Did, could you make a good decision? No. So, so, and and the, the flip is some of these same people are going, well, 21 for guns. And it's like, well, no. Like, let's just decide. Here's an age of adulthood. You have all the legal rights and privileges that go along with that when you reach that age, whether it's 18, 21, 25. I'm not saying that there's a magic number where that all works out, but the, the, you know, I, I, I agree that the differences like, and and I I would throw driving aside. I'm not sure that that needs to be an adult
0: privilege, but
2: I think we can stick with, I think most states are 16 and I think we can stick with that. But this idea where certain rights and privileges are afforded to you at 18 Oh, and by the way, you can, you can totally, you, if you're male, you have to sign up for selective service and right. be eligible for the draft. Right. Um, yeah, but they don't the trust you to go. They don't trust you to, to buy a gun yeah. yourself. You know, they'll hand you one and say, go kill the brown people over there. Right.
0: <laughs> but You're right. <laughs>
2: um, and in, if, in fact, one of the debates that, that recently came up on the subject, Thomas Massey was like, well, let's increase the draft age to 21, and they, whoever he was talking to in in um, I forget if he's a senator or a congressman, whichever uh, body of Congress it was, was like, no, absolutely not. And he's like, why not? You're saying that that the mind isn't fully formed, and these people aren't responsible enough to, for gun ownership. But it's okay if the military hands them a gun. And he's kind of like, well hemming and on, but by the bottom line was, yeah, that's what he thinks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a it's a little hypocritical. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, it, well, and 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 honestly, to 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 be involved in politics almost at all, I think that there's that you yeah. have to have, you have to maintain a level of hypocrisy just to yeah. you know yeah. there's the you know the idea that that uh, that the the right is full of nothing but Christians that 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 believe in everything that Jesus said, but then turn around and say. Yeah, but we're we're totally not in favor of handing out, you know, social programs that take care of people and, you know, or within reason, you know, as long as, as long as you're, you, you can prove that you're not abusing it. Not that we have to prove that you are, but that you can prove that you aren't.
2: Well, look at the, uh, what was the guy that with the foot tap, <laughs> <laughs> super, super anti-gay, like, you know, oh. and with his political persona, but he's, he's. Tapping his foot to try to
0: score some ass in a men's bathroom. Yeah, yeah. well, I, uh, <laughs> look, look, and, and, and I realize that there are, there are political candidates that I am going to have on the docket to interview here for this show over the course of the next, you know, 16 to 20 weeks. Uh, but we have had individuals on this show that either have been proposed to or have been or know someone that has been involved in a relationship with one Lindsey Graham. And, you know, it's 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 one of those scenarios where it's it's one of those it's it's one of those little secrets. But he hates the LGBTQ community uh, to the point where he wants legislation. against. I say hate. He doesn't hate them. But his political persona is one that pushes against them uh, to the point. Yeah, where I mean, you and get it, that impression.
2: You run into that on both sides. I of mean, course. AOC is out there buying the most expensive.
0: Why wouldn't you not? Right. You're
2: suddenly making you went from a bartender to a congressman or yeah. a woman her case um you know you leveled up a bit yeah, uh yeah. why wouldn't you why wouldn't you spend that uh even yeah.
0: though i mean it, she, she doesn't think there should be any you know private businesses or whatever you know yeah except that, <laughs> yeah except that that she is now a congresswoman who is who is being subjected to lobbyists and 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 everything that goes along with that look yep. look lauren lauren Boebert in your in your in your state uh whom you know, was was she under? Uh, was she actually in a bankruptcy trial? You know, in, in a bankruptcy situation when she began her run for Congress, and now I don't worth, remember. I know there. I know she was going in and out of court. Yeah, having something to do with her restaurant. But she's worth forty one million and or forty something or four million dollars <throat> or something like that now. So it's it's yeah. you know it's I you know whatever it's 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 one of those it's one of those things like I said. To be in politics, I think, and and to stay out of the hypocrisy, I think it's extremely difficult. And I have, to, if yeah. if somebody comes along and does it, well, then it's the second coming. That's yeah. <laughs> I got to figure that Jesus is here. Yep. Um, the last thing that I I I wanted to maybe uh, hint at that could potentially be a situation, and this is based on the statistics of people that buy firearms generally for the uh, purpose of using them in a crime generally use them within the first five days of those firearms being purchased. And most of the statistics point to the fact that those firearms were purchased within 24 hours of the crime being committed. Is it, is it plausible to think that a mandatory uh, waiting period could potentially uh, bring about a, 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 a fewer volumes of, of the, these potential crimes?
2: Um, I suppose that's possible, but I, like I said earlier, the the way the system is bogged down, sometimes it takes you 24 hours anyway. <laughs> sure. So no, no. And, I'm not. No. I'm not sure that it needs to be legislated. It just kind of the inefficiency already works out. <laughs> uh, what
0: if, what if, what if we just called it inefficiency and it and it took seven days? <laughs> that's you know. I um and, and and I say all this. I I am a gun owner. I have never had a situation where I have walked into. Uh, a a gun store and been able to walk to not walk out with the firearm I think I've bought I've bought three firearms in in my past from legitimate firearm sales stores uh, where I walked in uh, I have my concealed weapons permit and I walked out with the firearm so right but I, I didn't I you know in my head looking back, I don't recall having ideas of my head of the potential of using them in a crime, um, but in a situation where had had they had there been a mandatory waiting period i I think I would have been fine with that. I don't think I would have had any issue with 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 not you know waiting three days or five days or seven days well here's the flip to that though
2: most people you're, you're talking about people that legally purchase firearms with the intention of using them for crimes. Right. I think right. that's the a tiny minority of people that purchase firearms with the intention of using them for crimes. I think most I'd have to look at the numbers, but but my sense is that most people that go, I'm buying this gun to go murder whoever or hold up a liquor store is that not the checkbox on the on they're, the form? I think no, I think they're go I think they're going down to the corner. I yeah. don't think they're going through the the process of, of, uh, what the law requires anyways. Right. Um, so I think the flip yeah, side, I mean, I think that the, might solve, that might solve the, 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 again, the tie, what I would say is a tiny portion of people that go, I'm going to go to the legitimate gun store to buy a gun to commit a crime. Yeah. And I don't think that's, I think that's a tiny, tiny percentage of people with those intentions.
0: Yeah. And um, I guess the way I look at that though, is that the flip side is, is that uvalde and parkland and and other well parkland i i can't remember where he got his firearms but the the the, but that those were legally purchased firearms both for buffalo and for uvalde um the kid in the
2: case at least in the case of the uvalde kid i guess he'd been talking about shooting up a school since he was 14 exactly so it's like a waiting period would have done nothing with him some of the other ones maybe like he obviously was willing to wait at least four years again. And, and even with the age requirement, let's say they raised it to 21. I think he would have waited until he was 21. I, you know, yeah. it just so happened that he, that he could do it at 18. Um, and the other thing I want to point out, especially with the, I don't know about the Buffalo guy, but the Uvalde shooter, a big thing that people don't talk about is, is this was a dude, not just in a broken home. He had been abandoned by both parents and was right. being raised by his grandmother. I mean, right. that's a huge thing, not just a fatherless kid, he was a completely parentless kid.
0: Yeah, um, and obviously a which, grandmother. His relationship was was that he did whatever happened between the two of them. It was definitely a scenario that he didn't care enough about her that he was willing to try and shoot and kill her as well. Right. Yeah. There yeah. are. Yeah. There's. There's clearly uh, a need for improvement when it comes to. And and I don't know. I guess this would have to fall in the schools since schools is where most of these people spend most of their time. But you're adding one more thing to uh counseling systems or or psychiatrists or psychologists or therapists or whatnot in, in that, that could potentially work in a school system. Again, like I like I said at the beginning of this, I, I I think that it's a it's a situation that does not have any easy answers. And and the answers that seem to come from the political leaders are are almost always uh less than what i would hope to at least hear because uh i i i almost don't even hear conversations like you know right, one yeah. of the thing one of the things that i you know i can't i can't remember what it was recently but but somebody somebody who works on fox news i think they they tweeted that their father had passed away from years of cancer and and, and i've had plenty of people but i get i get numb to this idea that that when it comes to situations like that that the only thing that we seem to be able to do is thoughts and prayers rather than than actually, you know, because at some point uh, the, the, this, the, there has to be some decision on, okay, so the first week and a half is what we're going to do, the thoughts and prayers. After that, then we'll sit down and have a discussion. But honestly, the one of the, the biggest hangups that we have in the United States is that that in order to come up with good ideas about how to solve problems, whether it's medicine, or gun shootings or or things like that is there needs to be legitimate research into what could potentially resolve this or what is what what it is that's happening that's causing it. Because in the United States, we can't we can't research that. You know, the the government will not the, the, the Congress has already made the decision that based on NRA impact, um, that we can't use the CDC to research into gun violence that that we can't that your cdc can't look into it at all uh, let's let's allow a government institution that is not beholden to any political party say the cdc <laughs> well but that that but then you get into whatever party happens to be in power is
2: but is who they're beholden to I, you know i get um, that they're getting their funding from congress and congress they're
0: all part of a party. No. And (laughs) I, I, and I I don't disagree. I'll just say, I know plenty of people that work. having lived and grown up in Atlanta. I know plenty of people that work for the CDC that outside of the CDC, their political affiliation is Republican. Like they work for a government. So like, uh, you know, under Joe Biden, like other presidents before him, he has adopted a terrible situation, regardless of whatever situation it is. And, you want, you want your president to do whatever they can. And in this situation, when it comes to this gun violence situation, I, I, I recognize that a lot of people don't want more laws that will inhibit their ability. But I, I've said this over well, and over. And was, here's,
2: here's kind of my, my bottom line point of view. This, this is what irritates me with, with whenever one of these things happen. Um, for sure, the guilty party needs to be punished. But to go, well, because this happened, we're going to put restrictions on people that have done nothing wrong, uh, that doesn't sit right with me. Um, the other thing, too, that that with the schools, especially with schools, because there's a federal law that makes them gun-free, um, <clears throat> well, that's obviously been ineffective. And I'm not saying hand every gun a, every teacher a gun. But I think there shouldn't be this magic idea that when you walk through a school, suddenly that right goes away. I I think the teachers that have gone through the process of getting like a concealed carry permit, I don't see why you don't let them carry. Um, No one know uh, the the whole idea with concealed carry is no one knows that you're carrying until shit pops off and you have to use it. Um, So just allow them to exercise the rights that they conceivably have
0: outside of that building when they're inside the building. Yeah. Um, I guess my, when, when it comes down to, teachers that 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 would want to carry a firearm in school because based on surveys that i've seen since Ivaldi, since parkland there is such a low percentage of teachers that actually would be willing to go into a school with a firearm um listen i i i appreciate you being here on the program with me because i think based on your your experience having having sold firearms in a legal fashion um because we didn't get into the illegal fashion uh, at all. Sorry about that. Right. Well, I've never done that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I couldn't answer any of your questions anyway. <laughs> no, I, I, no, it's, 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 this is, this is one of those things where I, I, I definitely think that there is not an easy solution. And ultimately, I think what it's going to come down to is probably we are going to need some sort of uh, fundamental change in how we uh, approach mental illness. And keep track of that, and, mm-hmm. and which which ultimately is going to come down to: Do we believe that that it's it's a right of the people around others to potentially know or, or have some sort of a record to indicate that someone does have a mental illness that could potentially well, and that's, to this? That's another thing we didn't really get into, and I'm not, I i do not
2: know that you know we're kind of we're at an hour, but uh, I think it was back in the '80s under Reagan they changed the laws as far as mental institution commitments. It's right. a lot harder to confine someone to a mental institution that probably should be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. now I, you know, I get, you don't want it. This also comes up with red flag laws. You don't want someone to be able to just make a phone call and have someone hauled off to a mental institution, nor do you want someone to just be able to make a phone call and have all their guns taken away, which is where the, you know, that stuff can be abused. But, um, the flip is, you know, some of these guys may not have been walking around at all if the law still allowed for uh Someone you know to other people to,
0: to you know, yeah. Yeah, and that's <clears throat> and 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 because and because of how that system was abused from from almost the inception of the United States till the point that mental health was sort of taken out of the responsibility of the federal government to have hospital. I mean just down the street from from here is an asylum. Is the building uh, the 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 lefting leftover remains of a mental health facility that was shut down because of one the the abuse and the atrocities that went on in it. And, but I don't I don't look at the atrocities and the abuse that occurred in it as the result of people just wanting to do bad things. It was because the abuse of the people that were just checking family members in you don't want yeah. your aunt who who potentially has you know something going on that needs help uh, or, and, or you, you know maybe disagree with her maybe she's in line to inherit some big money from grandma right and we want to get her out of the way you know well, all you there's, have to do is just all kinds of motivations yeah, yeah. and especially <laughs> with women because we still have doctors that, that will, will will diagnose women with hysteria like you yeah. know it's that time of the month so it's hysteria and you know here's, <laughs> here's a mental facility we can just check you into Yeah, it's I think I think that there does definitely needs to be an approach, uh, a better approach to acknowledging mental health in the United States uh, just as broadly. I mean, uh, across the board. Um, And ultimately, I think that if you if you figure out how to make sure that people recognize that taking somebody else's life just because is wrong, then 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 that way. That's that's the point at which uh, do we at that point? Do we even need To protect each other protect ourselves from other people that have guns right yeah so listen i appreciate it and and definitely if 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 you get an opportunity subscribe to the man tools podcast and 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 watch the live stream uh the last episode i watched i guess uh uh eric eric was a little late getting in um yeah uh, (laughs) was there was there a party in the parking lot oh yeah the the guys at the auto shop uh,
2: I guess finish their work day and. Someone showed up with a case of beer. <laughs> so they were all partying out in the parking lot. It was it was nuts. I assumed yeah. at
0: some point that you were just gonna assume that Eric made his way to the party rather than to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really entertaining. And the show is the show is entertaining. I I you know I appreciate it, man. Obviously, we you and I have have different ideals on 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 how things, but but I think that's what's important in this country and around the world is to be able to have a conversation about these things In order to potentially come up with compromise and solutions. So listen, I, I, I want to invite you back anytime because I would love to have more conversations about other things that you, we may, we might have a different approach to. Sure. Yeah. I'd come on anytime, man. Awesome. Thank you. Trevor Lane, again, have to do with the man tools podcast available across the entire podcast spectrum. You can, you can find it virtually everywhere. Uh, There are links in the show notes that you can find uh, all those details. Uh, as well. So, uh, make sure you subscribe and check them out as well. Uh, what, what is your Twitter handle again?
2: It's Mantools media. Mantles media. Uh, we, we scored that pretty much across the board. Uh, the exception is our, U- well, it's our second YouTube channel to be honest, but, Uh-oh. uh, <laughs> our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel is actually Mantools pod because Mantools media got nuked. Um, was there? And, uh, was there? Was there
0: some denial of uh, something? Was, <laughs> no, no. It was typically. <laughs> typically, that's what I. That's no, that's what we, I wind uh, up hearing. We used to have a Patreon,
2: okay. and this is a little inside baseball. Oh, okay. When you put Patreon does not host videos itself, A-M-O. right? You're so going if up. you put up a video on Patreon it's actually an unlisted video coming from YouTube okay and we we end our members only um videos with what we call a testosterone booster It's some scantily clad women well I did we did one where we uh we talked to Joe Biden it was a, a soundboard of just him saying it, and it worked perfectly because it didn't matter which button you hit it sounded like he was you know <laughs> it sounded like a legitimate response but um Because he had been in politics since the 70s, I did a bunch of
0: the 70s Bushes. Oh, there's a wealth of... Yeah, there's a wealth of... And uh,
2: even though it was an unlisted YouTube video, which they say is not searchable, apparently YouTube can still search that stuff. And they found it and said that's fortuitous nudity, violates our rules.
0: So yeah are they are they aware of what 99 percent of the internet is but that's (laughs) apparently not i get that google's in control a lot but you know there's a there's a there's a lot out there yeah we
2: didn't even get nuked we didn't even get nuked for anything fun like uh (laughs) you know saying alex jones was right or whatever but uh i I did want to say before i go though that uh if you want to watch the live show it's uh thursdays uh at 9:30 Eastern 6:30 Pacific uh other time zones you can figure it out for yourself <laughs> uh and that's fair it's either on our it's either on our facebook page or our youtube channel uh, we're also on twitch we don't really get a whole lot of views on there but if you like twitch you can watch us there we stream it to all those platforms so
0: that sounds great yeah no and like i said there i've got links uh, that'll be in the show notes that uh, people can check out and uh thank you very much again trevor i i look forward thank to uh, future you. conversations and um like I said, if, uh, if there's ever anything that you want to discuss, please feel free, to reach out and, uh, like I said, our show is our show is sometimes very Zoo Crew, but uh, today, today we had it under control. <laughs> so, Hell yeah, man. I appreciate right. it. Thank you, Trevor. Again, the Man Tools podcast and live stream available on all almost, all, I would say almost all the podcast spectrum, so check them out. Yeah. Thank you very much. As always, thank you, Nick the Geek, engineer and producer, owner and operator of GOT Sound Studio. Check out details on how you can utilize his talent and production expertise at GOTSoundStudio.com. Thanks to Muff the Producer. You can follow him on Instagram at Muff the Producer. Thank Thanks to Shiana Rivers for our intro and outro follow her podcast who you call in holistic as well thanks to Trent Clark aka DJ Lonzo currently entertaining the main course in Columbia South Carolina make sure to go by have a good time you can contact Trent for all your entertainment needs Trent at the and on Instagram at the Real DJ Lonzo, or by phone, 803-262-7982. If you enjoy the show, consider becoming a patron by visiting our website and clicking on the link at the top of the browser. That will take you over to our Patreon page. You can find details on how you become a supporter. You can check out our benefits there, or just consider a donation so that we can continue to bring you this nonsense. We enjoy doing it. We enjoy you enjoying it. As always, you can follow us on Facebook. Just search for All About Nothing US on Twitter and Instagram at AAN underscore pod, or find links to all of our social media and available podcast platforms by visiting Visiting theallaboutnothing.com. If you'd like to be heard on the show, you may call and leave us a message 803 If the time between these episodes is too far apart, you can fill that time by checking out our partner podcasts. Zach and I host What the Pod Was That with Carrie Simmons, available on most of your podcast platforms. You can visit WhatThePodWasThat.com for links and details. Carrie and Chrissy host Status Macabre on most of the podcast platforms as well. Find details at StatusMacabre.com. As well, you can check out our own DJ Lonzo's Top 5, hosted by Trent Clark, available on most of your podcast listening platforms that'll do it for this week's episode the all about nothing podcast thank you very much for listening check us out next week we've got uh several uh candidates for the south carolina offices coming up uh, that, uh, that should be good conversations because we're going to hold them to the same uh, same questions that we would hold uh, the Republicans. Democrats and Republicans all welcome on the show. So uh, check it out. TheAllAboutNothing.com for details and links to our media and uh, any anything else you want to find. It's all right there. Thank you very much. I'm Barry Gruber. We'll be back next week.
1: This The All About Nothing podcast is recorded live from the Maddie Johnson Podcast Studio at GOT Sound Studio in Columbia, South Carolina. The All About Nothing podcast is produced and engineered by Nick the Geek owner and operator of got sound studio to support the show please visit theallaboutnothing.com for links to social media merchandise and more become a patron of the show by following the patreon link at the top of our page the all about nothing podcast is an entertainment product of Barrett gruber special thanks to zach king trent clark muff the producer neek the geek and you our listeners please subscribe rate review and share if you're on youtube please hit the like button and the notification bell Thank you for listening.
0: The All About Nothing podcast is a part of the GOT Podcast Network and a product of Bear Gruber Entertainment and Media.